Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, and you can open your Bibles or your tablets or your phones or whatever you're doing to Revelation chapter 12. And I'm going to tell you who the Antichrist is. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. People are like, I thought it was Putin. (laughs) Uh, How many know there are many antichrists running around? All right. I don't think we're going to see thee until you and I are out of here. Because we're the hindering force. Amen. So last week, last week we discussed the effects of the blood of Jesus, and we talked about several different things that the blood of Jesus has uh, accomplished for us, and um, we, this week, though, we're going to discuss the importance of pleading the blood of Jesus, pleading, P-L-E-A-D-I-N-G, pleading the blood of Jesus, or the importance of speaking our faith concerning the blood. We overcome, we're in a series called Overcome, and this is the fourth message. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the what? Word of our testimony, okay? Um, In Revelation chapter 12, and I think it's verse number 11 is where I want to be. It says this, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Just as a reminder, getting knowledge on the blood of Jesus is only part of seeing God move in our lives. We must remember to put into practice what we are hearing from the Lord in our lives. In other words, you won't see a manifestation without a doing. Remember, James says what? The doer of the word is blessed, not just the... Now, when you talk about doing the word, you're talking about being obedient in faith. How many have realized this, that faith is not, is not a, a natural motivation? It's a what motivation? A spiritual motivation. People that are stronger in faith are those who are aware of their heart. They're more aware of their spirit than they are their natural thinking, right? Faith is an act or an action of the heart or the spirit man. And people say, well, how do you know that? Well, we know from Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8, that we are born again by grace through faith. Where do we believe? In our heart, right? With the heart... Man believes, and with the can is made unto salvation. Now, if your understanding of salvation is limited to when I die, I will go to heaven, you know one part. Now, that's a good part. I mean, I don't think we should play that down, do you? No, I'm excited about heaven. My dad's there, both my grandparents are there, and both my grandmas are there. Amen? Uh, my mom, uh, years ago, she, she, her, she lost her first child, so I got a sibling there that I don't even know yet. But I'm going to get to meet him. Now, my mom's convinced it's a girl. I don't know. You know, I don't know. 
but I guess we'll find out. I'm excited about that one day. But how many know this? There are thousands of promises sitting within this written word that are available to us if we will activate or release them to our natural world by faith. And I'm not talking about mysticism, and I'm not talking about mind science, and I'm not talking about witchcraft and the hoodoo and the voodoo or any of those do's. I'm not talking about tarot cards or reading the stars. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So with the mouth, confession is with. With the heart, I believe. With the head, I believe. I got good news for you. I mean, I, I think we've given you lots already, but I got even more. I've got good news. You can actually function and live and, and, and uh, uh, grab hold of and obtain the promises of God with faith in your heart and doubt in your head. So you can speak out of your heart, I believe that my rebellious child is going to serve God. And your head and their actions will go, uh-uh, it ain't happening. And out of your heart you can say, I plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. I believe that God is working on my kid. Amen. And the spirit of stupid is leaving them. <laughs> and the spirit of wisdom and revelation is operating in their world. God is invading their thoughts. God is invading their dreams. God is sending laborers across their path who they listen to about the gospel and they are going to be live and be a part of the kingdom of God. You can do that. You have the right. Why? Because you're overcoming the enemy. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11. You're overcoming the enemy by what? The blood of the lamb and the... Now, this is so wonderful because the blood of the lamb did what? It made you righteous. Woo! I'm in right standing with God. Right now, because I have the blood of Jesus working and speaking on my behalf. What is the blood of Jesus speaking on my behalf? It is speaking pure, clean, sanctified, redeemed, set apart, made free. Now that's good news. Do you know why a lot of times people, and we'll get into this here a little bit. Why they don't, they won't confess those things? Because they're overly aware of their temporal realities. They don't know themselves supernaturally. They understand the soul part of them and the body part of them, but they don't understand the spirit part of them, which is the true you. It's the part of you that will live forever. Did you know that? You know, uh, that Paul and Peter were both so aware of the fact that they were spirits that they made comments like this. My time, the time of my departure is at hand. They didn't say, I'm about to die. Departure. Departure? What does that imply? 
You're leaving something. What are you leaving? Anybody notice when somebody dies that they leave their body behind? Am I the only one that's seen that? <laughs> you know, people say, people say you know, because they, uh, like my dad, he, he was cremated, right? Or I should say his body was cremated. He left. He wasn't going to hang out for that. That's too hot. You know, you got to move on, you know? <laughs> he didn't hang out for that. And, you know, people think, well, you know, does, does God... I've actually had people ask me, and I understand, I guess I understand, maybe I don't understand why, but maybe it's something that they've been taught. They thought, they thought people that had their bodies cremated didn't go to heaven. And I'm thinking, what about all the people that, you know, were martyred and died in the desert? It's not like they had a chance to go to the morgue and be pumped full of embalming fluid. You know, how many realize this? That if, 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 if through the years, those Christians, and even currently, who have been martyred and thrown out in the desert, and they dissolve into dust over the years, how many think when the Lord returns, he can find their parts and put it back together? I mean, you came from dust. It's everywhere. He doesn't need... We're eternal. We go on forever. We either go up... Don't go down. We're thumbs up, not thumbs down. Thumbs up. That's what we go up. We don't go. We don't want to go down. We're gonna go up, right? <laughs> so when I die, where do I go? When I depart, I actually can't die. <laughs> Come on, you knowledge people of the word. The scripture actually says that in Christ I've passed from death and not just any life, eternal life. I don't have it when I get to heaven. I have it now, living on the inside of me. It, it's what makes you and I tick. And you're safe. You don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear death. Okay, we need to practice this. We're going to plead the blood, all right? Because we, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word, right? So just, just put your hand right here and just say this with me. Say, I, I have been delivered from the fear of death, fear of death and, bondage. and bondage. Now, I just, that's a scripture. I, I didn't make that up. That's a scripture. You've been delivered from the fear of death. Not going to be, you have been. How could that be? Because you're a spirit. You're a spirit. If, you, if some of you knew how, how crazy God was about you, you'd alert your face. Because I'm preaching better than some of you are expressing. <laughs> People say, well, I'm tired. Yeah, just on the outside. But on the inside, oh, you are full of life. You're full of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Well, I want to feel it. Well, just keep talking the way I'm talking and you'll feel it in a bit. <laughs> Ooh. Do you know Jesus or uh, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul? Let's go to Isaiah. 
uh, chapter 43, if you would. And I'm going to read a few more things here to you. But did you know that the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul said to, to, to depart and be with the Lord is far better. It's a little bit gooder. No, it's what? Far better. Much more gooder. Mega good. Right? <laughs> now, I didn't want my dad to leave when he did because it was too soon. But how many know he's not uh, feeling down today? <laughs> he's in a good place. Part of the way that faith is stirred is through consistent fellowship with the Lord. You may call God your father, but, does that not, but that does not mean you have spent time with him to learn his desires. When we fellowship with God, our faith in him grows strong. E.W. Kenyon said this, all low-grade faith comes from a low-grade fellowship with God. Out of rich fellowship with God comes a faith that enables you to see things from a supernatural perspective and opens the door to possibilities. You come out of his presence with bold confession of faith that moves mountains. As we fellowship with the Lord concerning the blood of Jesus, there will be a stirring of faith that speaks. Smith Wigglesworth said this, You will enter into a realm of illumination, a realm of revelation, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He reveals the preciousness and the power of the blood of Christ. I have found by the revelation of the Spirit that there is not one thing in me that the blood does not cleanse. I have found that God sacrifice sanctifies me by the blood and reveals the effectiveness of his works by the Spirit. Come on. Did Jesus' blood do a thorough cleaning on you and me? Yes. A powerful cleaning. So, Paul put it this way. He said, I'm so clean that I'm free from a guilty conscience. Wow. I mean, God actually likes me. He likes you. Like, I know you wake up in the morning sometimes and go, God, where are you? And he's like, I'm here. Let's do this. He wants to be around you. He wants to be involved in your life. Come on, I'm not talking about an athlete or another person. I'm talking about the Almighty. He's really not having a bad day at all. And when you wake up in the morning, God goes, ooh, they're up. What are we going to do today? Now, if your perspective on things and God, if you're filtering God through what's going on in the world all the time, you won't understand that. 
In other words, if your view of God is constantly uh, uh, being, uh, your image of him is constantly being fed by circumstance, feeling, and things going on around you, maybe that didn't work out, any of those things, uh, if, if that's constantly causing you uh, to have an image of God that he doesn't care about you, you're going to struggle in the area of faith. Because Paul said it this way, he said, we walk by and not by That means that my victory is not dependent on my current condition. It's dependent on my faith in my spiritual condition. So then I have to do what? I have to take what his word says and then begin to apply it by faith. Amen? And then as you do that, what takes place? You begin to work in faith. What does faith cause? It causes a manifestation of God in my life. Now, here's what happens with a lot of people. Because of low-grade fellowship, you end up thinking and talking about with you, your friends, whoever it is, or even just personal conversation in your mind, you end up thinking about and talking about what the enemy's doing. How many realize this, that God is not in control of everything that's going on in the earth? He is not. Come on, don't go too far with your sovereignty doctrine. He is not controlling. He did not wake, you did not wake up this morning and God had predetermined that you eat Wheaties. I don't know if anybody ate Wheaties. Are Wheaties even a thing anymore? I grew up with Wheaties. Grape nuts. Did anybody else grow up with grape nuts? I grew up with grape nuts. Cheerios, Wheaties, and grape nuts. To make it bearable, I dumped about a pound of brown sugar on top of the cereal. (laughs) Come on. God did not predetermine what you were wearing to church today. If he would have, he would have had some of you change. <laughs> I'm just trying to wake you up here. We're just <laughs> we'll be done here in about 10 minutes. Hang on. Have, we'll have you motivated before it's over. <laughs> no, you chose that. You chose what you like, which is fine. Amen. Sometimes I pick clothes out, my daughter Taylor goes, no. (laughs) But my wife says yes, and so I go with her. (laughs) In other words, okay, God is not controlling everything, which means when your feet hit the floor, you need to go, I plead the blood of Jesus today. Come on, are you like me? Your body in the morning, the younger people, you just don't even listen right now because none of this happens to you. If we could suck the energy and life out of you, bottle it and drink it, some of us adults would be conquering the world right now. (laughs) And we'd be trillionaires. All right, so back to my point. When I wake up in the morning, depending on what I did the day before, my body sometimes says, stop it. What are you doing? Paul got such a revelation of this. He wrote in, in, in the epistles, he said, the whole creation groans. I got a scripture for you when you wake up in the morning. Oh, 
You're like, Lord, thank you. I just was biblical right there. (laughs) What does your body want to do? Go back to... Have you noticed your body doesn't want to speak faith? Have you noticed that your feelings don't want to speak faith? Have you noticed that your natural world doesn't want to declare that I've overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony? This world that we live in is actually completely dominated and motivated by the enemy against the expression of faith. Because the spirit of Antichrist, anti the anointed one and his anointing is operating in the earth. That's why you don't feel faith. You have to walk by faith, not by. So we use the word sight, but how many senses do we have in the natural? Five, right? You could actually say we walk by faith, not by our five senses. Well, I'm lying if I say that I'm overcoming because I'm not overcoming. No, you'd be lying if you didn't agree with the Lord. Come on, this is where good people end up actually missing faith. Because they think, well, if I'm honest, I'm just going to say what's in front of me. No, in Christianity, that just makes you carnal. If you read the scriptures, you know that we're to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. So I'm going to speak something else. Now listen to me. I am not saying to you, you will not have problems. I am telling you how to overcome. People say, well, you don't know how many problems I have. I bet I got more. Do you want to gamble? (laughs) You can say, what does that mean? That means... That the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you grow, the more effective you become for his kingdom work. How many know the enemy don't like you? Now, if he can get, just get you to sit in with your bad attitude as a Christian and just feel sorry for yourself and live in a state of Christian babyhood for your whole life, you're just not much of a threat to the enemy. In fact, you just end up being in cooperation with him. Because you run around causing problems in the kingdom of God because you're yielded to the flesh. But if the, if, the, if the Lord can find somebody who will yield to their spirits and dominate their flesh by speaking faith, he can find somebody that will do his work. He'll put his anointing stronger and stronger and stronger on that person. And that doesn't just include the preacher. That includes you. Business owners. Moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas, come on, employees, employers. God is looking for landing zones, those that will speak in faith, amen? He so wants to do it. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, it says this, I even I am he... Uh, Isaiah 43, verse 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Is God remembering your sins? No. And then he says this in verse 26, put me in remembrance. Let us contend, and that word contend actually means plead. 
Let us plead or reason together. And then he says, state your case that you may be what? Guilty? Is God looking to guilt you? No, he's trying to get you righteous. Now, for most people in this room, you're already righteous because you've received the Lord. All right? So what actually he's trying to do concerning those who have received the Lord as their Savior, he's trying to get you to operate or stay in a functional level of operation within your righteousness. And you might say, well, what does righteousness mean anyway, preacher? It means you are loved by God and one with him. It means he likes you. Well, not me. I'm trying to get him to hate me. You can try all you want. He's going to love you anyway. I'll put it to you like this. Andrew Womack said it this way. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. You say, what do you mean by that? That simply means this, that God is crazy about you. Constantly. And people say, yeah, but what about all the wrath scriptures and all of those scriptures? Well, there, there is that side in the sense of there, God has wrath, but he's not looking to release it on you. He actually released it on Jesus so he could bless you. Isn't that good news? God is pleading for your acquittal. The reason why we plead the blood of Jesus is because the blood of Jesus is the instrument God used to bring about our freedom from dominion, the dominion of Satan. Pleading the blood of Jesus is a faith confession of the mercy provided by God through Jesus Christ. We need to speak these things. Now, the way you're going to do this is through fellowship. And as we close, I want to share a story with you. There's a story of an elderly man who, taught, who thought his wife was going deaf. He decided to test her hearing. So he walked across the room, turned his back, and said, Can you hear me? There was no response. So he backed up a little closer to her and repeated the question, Can you hear me? Still, there was no response. He backed up again until he was standing near his wife and said, Can you hear me now? This time he heard his wife say, For the third time, I can hear you. <laughs> this man thought his wife had a hearing problem, but he was the one going deaf. If you are having problems hearing from God, then you need to get into his presence. The closer you come to him, the easier it is to distinguish his voice. If you're struggling with decisions or direction, draw near to God in his presence. You'll find everything you need. In other words, I know that's a, a silly story about that, but how many know God's not going deaf? You've got to realize this. People say, well, yeah, well, you know, my parents, they pray, they hear God. No, no. Young people, you pray. God will answer you. This is how it all started for me. I mean, when I got saved, I was doing really good at not being saved. Like, I wasn't, 
You know, I was, I was beyond the training mode for myself. You know, I was no longer an OJT for living as a sinner. I was training others how to live like a sinner. Does that make sense? I was qualified. And do you know in the midst, you know, I got saved when I was 19. In 1996, believe it or not, I was 19 once. Okay. In 1996, I was, I graduated high school. I graduated West, West High School. Uh, Joy, you can come. Uh, I graduated high school. In 1996, they let me out. I didn't get kicked out, barely. They, they, they said, okay, Sean, you are ready for life. You graduated with a 2.475 grade point average. Go get them, tiger. <laughs> and after I graduated high school and... I, I, well, I mean, all through high school, I mean, I was confused and messed up and all that stuff, you know, because I just didn't know the Lord. But I had family that prayed for me constantly. They just, every, my grandparents, uh, they came over from Norway and on the boat, you know. And uh, my uh, grandmother used to say to me when I was just real rebellious in high school, she'd say to me, she'd say, she, now you can't say this to me. I'm tempted not to say what it is. because, But she'd look at me. She'd always call me Shawnee. And she'd say, Shawnee. She'd say, every night we lift you up before the Lord. And I'd roll my eyes. You know, whatever. <laughs> These people and their religion. And she'd share, you know, testimony about what the Lord did. You might, they came over, you know, they came over on the boat. And my, my, my. Uh, grandmother, which we called her Mumwa because she is my mother's mother in the language. It was Mumwa. And so we called her Mumwa. And then we'd have our friends try and say that. And it was hilarious. We'd laugh for hours because they couldn't say it because they didn't grow up saying it. But Mumwa, she had problems. So she'd go to the doctor, go to the doctor. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And finally, her doctor looked at her one time and said, well, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need Jesus. And that is how my grandmother got born again. We need more doctors like that. I... You don't need a pill. You need Jesus. And so she'd say, we pray for you. And I'd think, what for? But I just kept like, it didn't matter how hard I tried to have a life without God. I couldn't have one. I hated it. Uh, the further, the more I got what I wanted, the less I got what I wanted. Does that make sense? My, they, there was just an emptiness, just a vacuum of selfishness that was hell inside of me. And so I went to uh, Seattle to visit my cousin after I graduated high school and stayed up there for two weeks. And, you know, we did stupid stuff up there. I hadn't repented yet, okay? Fully. You say, what's your point, preacher? Well, hang on with me there. When I was in Seattle and we were running amok, there were times my, my uh, cousin lived in Snohomish, Washington. 
And there were times, and he lived kind of in the, just in the woods, so to speak. You know, he bought a, his parents bought land and stuff, built a house outside of the city, a ways away. And there were times when nobody else was around and it was late, late at night because we'd be staying up late or whatever, or somebody would be asleep. I'd actually, I actually went out on the deck and laid on the chair or the bench on the deck and looked at the sky. And I could see all the stars up there. And I started talking to God. Now, some of this stuff I've never, I don't think I've really shared before. I started talking to God. And I, and I said, God, I, I know you're real. And he talked to me. And we had conversation. And you know what? I had a whole conversation with him and told him, in two weeks, I'm going to youth camp and I'm going to give my life back to you. And I sinned those whole two weeks. But you know when I answered the altar call? Do you know who was there? The faithful one. Not me. In fact, Stephen Wamberg sitting right over here. Raise your hand, Stephen. He's a witness. Zach, I see you. Raise your hand. He's a witness. They were there when I got saved. I actually was sitting in the back row, and I can tell you we were on the left-hand side of the sanctuary if you're facing the stage. If you were on the stage facing, it was the right side. We were on the back. We were in the very back, and we were, we were always goofing around. You know, we were geniuses. We just needed Jesus. We needed to quit using our giftings for the devil, you know, start using them for the Lord, you know. Not Stephen. Stephen's been born again since birth. He... He and Heidi, they all, you know, they were christened and confirmed at birth. And I don't know how they did that, but they did it. All right, anyway. And I turned and looked at my friends. I don't know who was sitting next to me. I don't know if it was Luke or, I don't remember. There was a bunch of us. And I said, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And I walked away. And that was... 26 years ago. 26 years. And my life is so good now. It's the best. I have such hope. I don't care what the government does. I don't care what China comes up with. They can cook anything they want in their little labs. I don't care. I'm out beyond this natural world. I'm in the spirit. Jesus is my Lord. So if every head would bow, every eye would close. Altar care workers, you can come. I want to give people an opportunity to give their heart to the Lord. You know, and I, I, I really sense this in my heart. There are, and I don't know if it's young people. I don't know if it's, I don't know where, what age group this is. But I felt like the Lord wanted me to share that with somebody. Because whether you're a Christian or not, you know, if you're young and you're like, my parents have this Christian thing, but I don't. It's just their Jesus. Do what I did. Get by yourself and talk to the Lord. 
just extend faith from your heart and say, God, I don't know about you. My parents are convinced and they won't leave me alone. Or whatever. Begin to talk to him. You don't need a theology degree. You don't need a minister to talk to him for you. You don't need to know what people that have walked with the Lord a long time know. You just need to talk to him. And he will reveal himself to you. He will visit you. I promise it. Now what I mean by I, I mean he promises it. He will visit you. If you're sincere and you truly want to know him, he will reveal himself to you. He will do it. So I want to give people an opportunity today. Maybe I sowed a seed. Maybe it's a harvest time right now. But you know that God loves you. Because we just talked about that. We know that all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard of holiness. We know that heaven is a free gift. And to get there, you have to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We know that God wanted us in relationship so bad that he sent Jesus to die for us. But we can always, and you can right now if you choose, receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting Christ. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can place your faith in Jesus. And I want to say this. Because I feel like there are times where the enemy convinces people, and maybe you're watching online or maybe you're in the room, but you're convinced that you've done something that is unforgivable. And I just sense the Holy Spirit telling you and saying, no, you haven't. The blood of Jesus is powerful enough to cleanse and wash away any rebellion any sin and so with heads bowed and eyes closed if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus I just ask you to raise your hand where you're at we're going to pray together I'll give you just a few seconds here thank you yes anybody else Well, let's all pray this together, shall we? Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so that I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now and repent of my sin. I not only receive your gift of forgiveness, but I give you all my life and all my heart. I believe you've accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Thank you for saving me, making me your child, and helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now I'm going to release you here in just a second. The altar care workers are up here. If you need prayer for anything, please come. If you gave your heart to the Lord this morning, I'd ask you to come see Rick and Luann. They have a new believers pack for you that we want to get into your hands. But I really sense this. I don't know who this is for. The Lord doesn't normally do this to me or hasn't. Maybe it'll become more common. I'm hoping it will. But especially for the young people in the room, God wants to talk to you. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. And sometimes people think they have this weird idea because of how we do church and different things like that, that you have to have, you know, like joy in your bedroom leading worship before you talk to the Lord. No, you talk to the Lord in your car. You talk to the Lord when you're driving down the road, going wherever, to work, back home, driving to school, driving to practice. I don't care. In the middle of the night, when you're so frustrated and irritated, you talk to the Lord. Cry out to him. He'll answer. I'm not saying he'll, he'll answer your parents. That's not what I'm talking about. He'll answer you. He will do it. Amen? Well, God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.